Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode, this festive episode. That's right, it's Christmas! Ding dong, merrily on high! Yes, we're all here to enjoy, and what better way to enjoy the festive season than reviewing two Christmas films. That's right, uh, this week and next week we'll be reviewing two Christmas classics. Uh, This week we are reviewing... Uh, a Christmas film which was released 25 years ago. It tells Charles Dickens's classic tale, A Christmas Carol. What is the only way that you can improve that film, to quote Ricky Gervais, by having Muppets perform it? That's right, we are watching The Muppets Christmas Carol. Joining me to review this uh, Christmas comedy caper, I have, as always, two guests, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and uh, being a very brave girl for coming on today, it's soon to be Dr. Sarah Curtis. Hello, Sarah. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. <laughs> now, the reason I say that you're potentially uh, quite brave is you're not a big fan of the Muppets in general. They are terrifying. They are the worst. So much nope. So would you say it's a phobia or more just like a dislike? Um, I've been dragged out of cinemas screaming. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a phobia. Well, I mean, I did that with, with the 2007 film Jumper, but I wouldn't say I have a phobia. <laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so, so w- what is it about the Muppets that, that concerns you, that, that sort of gets on your bad side? They, they kill each other in weird and wacky ways. Mm. It's creepy in the way they look and just the way they move and the sounds they make. It's just Okay. Uh, listeners of the show, you may want to know that Sarah and I have long had a uh, disagreement about the fact that Muppets don't actually kill each other. They do! Well, the, the food comes out and it strangles them and it's just... It playfully uh, strangles them. Playfully <laughs> kills them, yeah, sure. Playful murder. Mm. He comes back next week. Yeah, Every week. That's also creepy. How do you survive that? He's immortal. <laughs> <laughs> but you like A Christmas Carol, just the actual story? Yeah, well, Dickens, sure. Really? Dickens not, not high up in your... I was forced in literature to, to study Dickens, and okay. it, I had some hard times. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, well, we'll move on from that, uh, and, and welcome you. Uh, indeed, everyone, let's welcome our second guest, a person who has seen the film, and uh, can probably best described as the closest a human has come to being a Muppet, <laughs> uh, Mr. Daniel Buckle. Welcome, Dan. Hello, yes, uh, wonderful to be here. And, You're also terrifying. Uh, mm. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just a reminder for the folks at uh, home, uh, we know that uh, Sarah's uh, like literally seconds away from becoming a doctor. Um, uh, who are you, Dan, and what do you do? Uh, well, I, I suppose you could say I'm literally seconds away from, from a lot of things. Um, <laughs> if you count a lot of seconds, maybe. Uh, yeah. 
but um, I breakfasts? yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah, I'm <laughs> seconds away from another breakfast. Mm. Um, I I'm a children's entertainer um, and actor and improviser uh, and stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, most importantly, the stuff like that. Yes. We all like stuff like that. Mm. And uh, Dan, you you like the Muppets, yes? I grew up on the Muppets. Mm. I've watched the Muppets Christmas Carol every single year since I can remember. Mm-hmm. It, that and Jingle All the Way are my two Christmas films. Mm. Uh, and Muppets. If I go to my happy place inside, mm. it's Spock as a Muppet, um, <laughs> high fiving Captain Jack Harkness. Um, <laughs> And there are probably some other people in... Oh, yeah, and Gandalf's there just chuckling at the whole affair. Now, are they all Muppets or is it just Spock that's a Muppet? Uh, Probably just Spock for now because I can't imagine Gandalf as a Muppet. So if they're immortal, does he live long and prosper? Very long. Mm -hmm. Now... Would they have to make a special little hand for him to do the the Vulcan salute, though? Because... Yeah, it would need to be two rods. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, in that case, uh, pop in your DVDs and get your Statlers and your Waldorfs ready as we prepare to watch... The Muppets Christmas Carol. Ding dong, merrily on high. Watching the Muppets Christmas Carol, and I'm joined once again by Daniel and by Sarah. I'm terrified, but (laughs) you're still alive, Sarah. As someone who hasn't seen this film before, what are your general thoughts on the Muppet Christmas Carol? Um, it was fun. It was fun. Yay! Yeah, I'm, I'm converted. It was fun. Yay! Yay! Oh, good. I'm really glad you enjoyed it because I think that is the thing about this film more than it, the, the fact it's a Muppet film because not all Muppet films are great. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there. Not all Muppet films are equal? Yeah. So, you know, they've got a pretty high hit rate, but some of them just don't quite land. Um, but this is one that definitely, definitely lands uh, for me. I think the, the setting is wonderful. Um, they, I think they treat the text... Uh, the original text quite well uh, but do poke fun at it in the right places but it's always quite respectful the fun that's poked at it and often uh, a lot of the fun is at their own expense it's a lot more like uh, physical humor of like uh, Gonzo and Rizzo getting knocked over as opposed mm. to uh, criticizing Charles Dickens writing um, <laughs> but yeah it was good and Dan obviously you watch this every year um, much as I do and uh, now that we've got our first screening of this mm. film uh, out the way for Christmas uh, it feels good doesn't it it does and I want to watch it again I, <laughs> I would be up for watching it in about half an hour I, mm. i'm not exaggerating well there is bonus features on this dvd Woo! so we can have a look <laughs> um so uh, muppets christmas carol uh very very good film not a very long film um it, it certainly skips by at a, a fair pace and um, that's probably a good thing for where my head is at right now so. well that's true yes i mean it, obviously you, you you endured it pretty well um that you we got through the five seconds of swedish chef that was terrifying <laughs> and very painful mm. Yes. And he was actually singing a Christmas carol. I forgot that. So, <laughs> but yes, um, we got through that. Um, the singing vegetables obviously were a big issue for you. I seem to have an issue with food, with eyes and mouths, or mm. lack of eyes, but having mouths—like something about things. 
So Pan's Labyrinth, that scene at the dinner table with the eye monster, was that... Yeah, that was that fine. You know? That was fine, but the Muppets' <laughs> cute vegetables are not. Look, anything well. that's not the Muppets is fine. Uh, like Meet the Feebles, it's fine. <laughs> Meet the Feebles is terrifying! It's like a walrus <laughs> having sex and... I, okay, here's the difference. I watched Meet the Feebles when I was an adult. Right. I watched the Muppets when I was a kid. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm glad that those were the things, the, the times that you watched them in. Mm. The film begins uh, with the title sequence. We go over all these Victorian rooftops um, and then we go down into the street. And yes, there's some vegetables talking and there's some horses and there's some uh, weird Muppety chickens and dogs and stuff. And, and then we mises. get um, and mises. mises yes. I am, I'm a fan of the mice. They were very cute. Yeah. Very, very cute. And then uh, we're introduced to uh, the great Gonzo and Rizzo. Uh, Gonzo, who is playing the part of Charles Dickens slash the narrator, and Rizzo, who is playing himself. And um, they're a really great, uh, I suppose, almost like a, a helping hand through the film. I, th- it, it, I think. Pun it's... intended. In, in, oh, with the I know the story like the back of my hand. Also, the fact that there are hands inside them moving their mouths. Ah, uh, yes, they're one of the fundamentals of puppetry. Forgot about that. <laughs> the hands inside them. Mm. Mm. Uh, but yes, they're a great uh, helping hand throughout the film and uh, sort of just slowly easing people in, into uh, some of the uh, language. Because, I mean, they, they do speak in a lot of the book's original language, which isn't that far removed from modern day English. I didn't notice that. Yep. But but considering that a lot of your younger audiences will be watching this and, you know, not not exactly knowing all the words that are said, I, I like to think that Gonzo and Rizzo are just really good um, guides, I guess, Sherpas in, in this uh, in this story. Um, and they're just great comedic foils for each other. I mean, you were saying, Dan, you really liked how they switched who was the smart one and who wasn't the smart one throughout the film. Mm, yes. Um, uh, I loved how... Uh their characters uh, like Gonzo's love of anything dangerous and indeed his love of chickens is mm. blended in with his portrayal of Charles Dickens mm. uh, seamlessly mm. um, and Rizzo provides such a great foil there mm. uh, and um, well let's face it you can't spell narrator without rat indeed and I also really enjoy the fact that you have Rizzo with this uh, kind of like uh, silly New York type voice uh, in this classic Victorian setting. Yeah, I felt like I was in Newsies for a second. Mm. It was uh, very disconcerting, <laughs> especially considering I don't like that musical. Mm. Uh, and they they introduce the world, and then they introduce us to Ebenezer Scrooge, mm. who walks around a corner and is a dark, looming figure in a top hat. And we have a song where all the characters sing about how terrible Mr. Scrooge. That is. was a great song. Mm. Like, oh, I it? mean, like they're calling him out, which is rude, and mm. you know how dare they. Mm. But I did like that song. I felt some Les Mis vibes going on. Mm. I also like what you said, Sarah, about it being similar in, in an almost uh, inverted way to Belle's song from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Just sort of bagging Look, out the Look, he goes, town. that man is a bastard. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that daily mean song that they sing about him. How dare they? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd never made that connection. That's yeah. a good one. Um, so, Sari, you, you uh, as we've mentioned before, are about to become essentially a doctor of musicals. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at lyrics in uh, musical theatre as your main focus. How was the music in this film? Look, it was good. It wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't my favourite. Mm. But it was fun. It did what it needed to do. It was light. <laughs> mm. Some of the rhymes... Some of the rhymes... Mm-hmm. Some of them were interesting rhymes. Some of it didn't scan, but then they made a joke out of it not scanning, so mm. I was fine with it. 
Um, so, you know, I'd give it a solid 7 out of 10. Just just for, on a song score? Yeah, song score. Okay, not a score, not scoring the not film, scoring, obviously. you know, I can't score. So, no, you know, musically. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but anyway, the... Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the songs. I, I, I particularly enjoy... Um, uh, the the final song at the end where Scrooge has been redeemed and it's just got a great you know it's it's quite catching it's it's very nicely um, put together and it is quite light um, and we were discussing before about whether this film would count as a musical or not but no. it's not a musical it's not it's it's you know when you're in the theatre you call it a play with songs so I'm going to call this a film with songs mm. um, because you know while some of the songs do add to your experience and they add to what you know about the character hmm. they're that you know if you got rid of the songs it wouldn't matter hmm. oh, uh, well i suppose technically <laughs> technically this is talking from a technical technically yeah i mean hmm. i like the songs and i wouldn't want to cut them soulfully though hmm. yeah well one of the songs from the f- this film has been cut because we're watching just a, a normal dvd version and most versions of this film have a song from about a third, maybe even halfway through, cut. And it's a song between uh, Belle, uh, Scrooge's um, uh, former fiance, when we're back in the past. Uh, and she sings a really sad song about the fact that the love has gone. Um, and you can probably find it on YouTube or maybe even in the bonus features section of this. So we'll have a look afterwards. But she sings, you know, the love has gone. Ah, so then the reprise at the end is the then, love we yeah, found. Yeah. Ah. And it's just the reason That's it's the, the reason it was cut is because people felt it was too sad because she sings a bit. And then old Scrooge, played by Michael Caine, as the you know, even though he can't interact with her, is singing with her. That's about gorgeous. the love being gone. That would be great. I'd be okay with that. Like, if they, is it too sad? Well, you know, Mufasa dies. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. it's And the thing is, is I, I grew up with a VHS copy, which had that still in it. It wasn't cut. And the fact that it was cut from this particular version made me quite cross. So I will find that and show it to you did afterwards. Did it make you sad? It did. As a kid, I always found that bit really sad. No, the fact that it was cut. Oh, that made me even more sad. Because I was like, what? <laughs> We're watching less Muppets Christmas Carol than there is. <laughs> Why? Um, Stephen, I've seen this, as I say, at mm. least at least 20 times, mm. like just as my yearly sort of a thing. Uh, and I, I don't think I remember hearing about that song ever before. So. Right, you well, call yourself a fan. I, I would never like proclaim it from a mountaintop. But <laughs> now uh, if I ever were to, then I'd do it quieter. Mm. And with a caveat at the end of, but I don't know that all there is. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay, so at home, obviously, go look that up. Uh, the the Love is Gone, Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, sad song. Um, we, we have... <laughs> those exact Yeah, those words. exact search terms, <laughs> you, you will don't. get there. Yeah, whether it's uh, Vimeo or Daily Motion <laughs> or, uh, dare I say, Pornhub, you'll probably find it. But Pornhub is, you know, doing some good things these days. Actually, though, that, that is true. It's yeah. calling out the American government, like, really well. Yeah. Mm. I was not aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? Straight after this, I'm going on Pornhub. (laughs) Purely, purely for American government reasons. (laughs) That sounds worse. It does. Moving swiftly on. Um, So we we have, obviously, lots of the different Muppet characters uh, taking the parts. Kermit as Bob Cratchit is kind of just an obvious choice and a correct choice. Um, Yeah, very very much the uh, sweet and sentimental uh, yin to the cruel and harsh uh, yang that is uh, Scrooge. Um, and 
the rats as the bookkeepers uh, are just really great as well. Um, particularly, you know, the, uh, yeah, we need some more coal on the fire. Our assets are frozen. Uh, just just <laughs> great little throw-in things. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, one of my favorite things when I was a child watching this film was how would they like to be suddenly unemployed? Heat wave. <laughs> this is my island in the sun. Oi, oi. And, you know, it's it's just little things like that. The, the, the real um, just lovely, silly humor that comes from from the original Muppets property that they add on to these things, which I think is the reason why I really like this film. Um, it's just tremendously, tremendously good fun. Um, and then we we do get to some scary bits. We get to Scrooge going back to his uh, apartment and the the door knocker turning into um, the face of the face of Jacob Marley, uh, as played by uh, Statler, <laughs> and, um, and then Statler and Waldorf as the ghosts uh, as Marley and Marley. Whoa. Mm. Or rather, whoa! Indeed. Um, how 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 did that scene read for you, Sarah, as a first time viewer? Um, yeah, it, it it was quite good. I'm sitting there going, "Ooh, how are they doing all the puppetry?" Mm. Um, although one thing I must admit, like I was throughout the entire film, I'm sitting there going, mm, "Nice camera angles!" Like mm. the entire time in my head, that's what I'm thinking. It's mm. like, "Ooh, that was a really good shot," and like mm. the zoom right there, yeah, good pan. Mm. So you know, it's it's a well crafted film, mm. um, and and particularly when the uh, the the shots become more off center when we're at the uh, the ghost of christmas that is yet to be and we're on the same streets that he was in in the present but all the angles are off even more and we, because the houses are all kind of helter skelter in their design everything is just pointing mm. in all these different it was well crafted mm. yeah i quite liked that about the film mm. from a technical perspective indeed and uh dan Shut obviously uh, <laughs> no i'm no i'm agreeing with you i'm agreeing with you <laughs> just also going plus it's a bloody miracle of Film and wonderment. <clears throat> uh, yes. So Statler, Statler and Waldorf as uh, Marley and Marley, good choices. Uh, unbelievable. Um, they're usually the things that come into my head um, around uh, the, like when when it hits December, I go, whoa, we're Marley and Marley. Whoa. Uh, whenever I see any chains, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Whenever I see any chains, that's what I think of. Mm. Is Statler and Waldorf as Marley and Marley. And the chains are very effective. And, you know, wrapping up uh, Michael Caine, wrapping up Scrooge and pulling him in as part of the song. Because the song is quite silly and lighthearted. But then it's also, oh, by the way, your soul is doomed if you don't mend your ways. And I think it gets the message across quite well. Yeah, well, um, I I adore the book as well. And that scene I, I really love in both book and Muppet's faithful adaption, ad- adaptation. Um uh, because they, yeah, hint at really sinister things mm. and really otherworldly things that they don't need to explain, uh, like all the spirits' powers and the consequences of their actions are just there. Mm. And it it lends it a kind of, I don't know, realistic quality, I, I mm. think, because it's there are weird things that is part of them being actually dead, which makes you go, oh. Hmm. That could be how ghosts actually are. Well, you'd also assume that the original audience of the book, being, you know, Christians and going to church all the time, they'd know that their souls were eternally damned. Hmm. So that wouldn't need to be explained. It would just be. That's true. But like the the actual chain sort Hmm. of uh, metaphors and visualizations were really nice. Yeah. Hmm. You just need that little subtle thing. Like, yep. You just need to show that one image and you know what's going on. Mm. It's almost like Charles Dickens was a very good writer. <gasps> Maybe. Um, but no, it, it, it is... I think it's mainly the Muppets who carried it off. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah, definitely the Muppets. Um, did, you, did you know, Daniel, uh, that there is an additional verse in the Marley and Marley song? 
<gasps> now it's not in the film and it was never Steven. never in the film but it was it's on the official soundtrack what what yeah, yeah. call yourself a fan <laughs> well i won't anymore well i will <laughs> but just not a knowledgeable one <laughs> Uh, the additional verse, which is on the soundtrack, goes, We're Marley and Marley, and now it's time to part. To go back where they keep our kind, the wretched and the heartless. The news we've shared has got you scared, we're glad we've got that through. So make amends and make some friends, the future's up to you. Oh, it's like a, a blend uh, of, of different things mixed with, uh, like, planeteers. Mm. Future's but, up to you. Indeed, but yeah, it's just... I, I, I really enjoyed doing the research for this film. This was, this Clearly. was an absolute joy. Um, and then we, we meet the ghosts. Uh, we meet the first ghost, the ghost of Christmas past. Um, Christmas you, creep. Ghost of Christmas fetus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it did. did yeah. I, maybe that was the intention. Sort of like an unborn, uh, weird baby looking, youthful, creepy sprite, I guess. That always scared me a little bit in, in my younger days, but, Today, more than ever. The Ghost of Christmas Past, uh, the effect, the way that was done, is, uh, because obviously it wasn't present in the scene. Um, that No, that was the next ghost. That was the next ghost, yes. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past, um, they shot underwater. Uh, so that's how they got that flowing fabric okay. effect. That one I did know, Sarah. Oh, mm. well, you are a fan. <laughs> mm. But and it, oh, it's so weird and ethereal and lovely and not good at the same time it's it's a great effect it was very doctor who yeah like, especially mm. the voice like was that voice used on doctor who for well, something as in are you my mummy <laughs> no kind of no thing. i'm thinking i'm thinking hospital i don't know why i also got uh, resident evil the red queen oh yeah you're all going to die down here hmm I don't think they were intending it to be as creepy as we've read it but yeah, no, no it's, uh, <laughs> in fact i really hope not because i'm reading it as Peak creepy. Yeah. Um, and we see Scrooge's past. We see him at school. Uh, Sam the Eagle is there as his teacher, you know, teaching him to do business the American way. So, and then, obviously, oh, the British way. One of my favourite jokes is, yeah, when when um, uh, Sam does, does that the American way and then Gonzo taps him on the shoulder and says, Sam, come down. Here. No. The British way. Just that stepping out of character momentarily mm. is... Primo. And then acknowledging that within the scene, because mm. then after Sam has said it, he looks around like, mm. did, did I just talk to someone? <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think, uh, watching it for the first time, I, I suppose, uh, in, a, in a review capacity, is the, the, the little tiny things that a lot of these puppeted characters do that are very human and uh, very deliberate traits that they've gone like the odd thing where before someone speaks they've gone and then they talk and like mm. you see the lip movement and like a movement of an eyebrow uh, and there's lots of little things like that and it really stood out this time watching it and it's just lovely to see how much thought and care has gone into this um and i, I think that is partly why this this film really stands up well there's a reason why jim henson is the best mm. i mean even though i'm terrified of everything he does yeah. it's still the best mm. oh, unquestionably yeah mm. it's incredible and this was the first film uh, after his death as well because yes at, at indeed be- at the beginning there mm. is a um you know to the memory of jim henson uh, title card um and it's obviously it must have been a very um uh, interesting experience for all those involved trying to do something a big project like this with the muppets but without the the, the lead guy without jim and obviously without it was the kermit. first time kermit yeah w- wasn't put voiced by uh jim henson mm. but i i would argue 
you don't really notice. The, the I didn't notice. Well, I mean, you're not familiar with the Muppets. Though. I mean, I'm familiar enough. Like, I know the voices. They're terrifying. Well, but... some of them are a bit terrifying, <laughs> I guess. But mm. oh, they're just the best. But I mean, Steve Whitmire, who took over as Kermit and did it until quite recently, I, I believe, uh, almost thirty years, he, he was that character. Yeah. He just picked it up and did a really great job. Um, and obviously, Frank Oz as Miss Piggy is just always wonderful. And Frank Oz as all of those characters are just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we, then we get to the Fozzywig uh, Christmas party. Um, again, when, when the book has a character called Fizzywig, it, it's pretty obvious who has to go there. And that Fozzy could play the part of someone and have a pun for his very character name yeah. is just very Fozzy. It is very Fozzy. And um, we're introduced to Belle. Uh, obviously, in this screening, Belle is in the film like that, and then she's gone because mm. she doesn't have the Love Is Gone song, which is really important, and I'm quite cross now the more I think about yeah, it. me too. That now. this has been cut. Uh, but then we progress to the Ghost of Christmas Present, who is a very forgetful, larger-than-life character. Didn't give any presents. He gave the mm. present of his own love presence? and mankind. Yeah, his presence filled the room. Mm. Yeah. It's true. And I do I do enjoy the shape-shifting nature, like the size mm. he... he, he can either take up or not take up it was quite cool and i was like that effect still holds up there's a lot of effects that still really hold up yeah. that the swirling, the swirling vortex. thing that was great yeah oh, I'm, I'm a fan of the swirly vortex of doom <laughs> <laughs> yeah you but... don't like the cute talking vegetables fan of the swirly vortex of doom <laughs> what can i say i'm a complex character <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, we see modern day uh, Christmas. We, uh, they go to uh, Fred's. They what go a to... dick! Yeah, yeah, the nephew yeah. who was all like, "Oh, oh, uh, Uncle Scrooge, you should come and have Christmas with us." And then Scrooge is like, "No, I never do Christmas." So he just takes the piss out of him in this party game, saying, "You know, he's a loathsome creature, inhabits the city. Oh, it's too good." And and what's his accent? Like it keeps changing. It did keep changing. <laughs> like, like what was he supposed to be? Mm. I think he was just supposed to be generically English, and I think he covered what all the bases. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Fred is is not my favourite character in, mm. in this film. And then the ghost of uh, Christmas Present takes them to uh, Bob Cratchit's house. We see uh, Mrs. Cratchit, all the little Cratchitlings, and uh, of, of course Tiny Tim, um, who. I think Tiny Tim is actually a slightly tricky character in a lot of cases. There are some adaptions of Christmas Carol where Tiny Tim is a really irritating character. Like you can, I think you can make Tiny Tim too twee, mm. which is a good I can alliteration that. there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Tiny Tim too twee. Yeah, when Tiny Tim's too twee, um, it's it's not fun. I think uh, having um, the, the way Tiny Tim was performed and the way he interacted with everyone, I think, was about as cutesy and twee as you can get without it bordering into... Just get rid of this frog. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't like adorable things, but he was just adorable enough for me. Mm. So, <laughs> unlike the b- vortex of doom, which was great. Uh, and then the ghost of Christmas present obviously uh, uh, finishes his time. Uh, you know, I will go when the clock strikes twelve, and is replaced by the ghost of Christmas yet to be, mm-hmm. a looming ring wraith dementor type figure. Except mm. before dementors were written. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, who who doesn't speak and merely points at everything and it's creepy still a creepy looking like a passive aggressive choreographer yeah do you think he got the point i think eventually he did and we see the future and we see uh old joe the uh spider who doesn't quite respect personal boundaries (laughs) really creepy spider like (laughs) 
I, yeah, I didn't notice so many of this stuff. Yeah. So much of this stuff until the massive screen. Yeah. yeah, he's like totally feeling up eight people at <laughs> once in that scene. Creepy. No yeah. wonder as a kid I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. In in the in light of the recent uh, Hollywood scandal, old Joe is probably next up in the mm-hmm. to be caught mm-hmm. up in that. It better be old Joe, uh, the producer. Mm. Mm. And then uh, obviously after that, we see. Oh, hang on. Wait. In that scene, the Jewish scene. Oh, just the, the music. The weird Jewish music. Bum, ba-da, bum, ba-da. I think that was a reference to Fagan. I think okay. that that was probably the connection they were trying to make, just musically. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, making connection to, what do people know about Victorian uh, England? Mm, all of Oliver it. Oliver Twist. Yeah, so well, it made sense. Well, they already made a reference to that mm. earlier in the film. Yeah. Wait, did they win? Yeah. Uh, I want, please, sorry, I want some more. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And yeah, but so I think it was literally just this character's a bit like Fagin, so let's just have in the background. Dun da dun da dun da someone walking past going, gonna pick a pocket or two you know, that kind of thing. Uh Tiny Tim dies, obviously. Or in this case, you've got to feel a puppet or two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, smooth as velvet. Mm. <laughs> We find out Tiny Tim has died. Uh, we also find out that Ebenezer Scrooge has died, oh. uh, and he sees his grave. And less surprising, yeah, and promises to amend his ways. Um, and then, boop, he's back in the back in actual Christmas. He wakes up and he's a changed man. And he goes out and he gives um, uh, Doctor Bunsen and Beaker a very large charitable donation. Gets a scarf in response. Uh, within five seconds <laughs> of putting on a red scarf, he's singing about sharing his wealth. It's some sort of like magical communist scarf. <laughs> See, I've got to admit, I really liked the really adorable little um, cheek kiss when he was apparently like whispering. It was a cheek kiss and it was very cute. Oh, I've never seen it as yeah, a cheek kiss. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw it today yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. got a bit intimate with Doctor Bunsen. Yeah. Well, you know, he's 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 a lovely, friendly man now. He's got to learn new boundaries. Him and him and old Joe need to learn <laughs> right, what the boundaries right. are. Yeah. Uh, he gets the rabbit to buy the turkey. They go to uh, Bob Cratchit's house. Uh, pretends to still be the bad Scrooge, um, which is really fun because obviously Miss Piggy then comes out and threatens to uh, raise him right off the pavement. And we get the lovely finale where they all get together and sing. You know, the love is found, mm. and that's the film. The the reprise of that song that isn't from the heartbreak, which is the crux of how he turned sort of nasty. Yeah. So they got rid of the crux, but kept the crutch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, nice. But you're on fire. <laughs> I really Much am. like Rizzo's tail. Mm. <laughs> like the lamp, not the rabbit. <laughs> it's such a fun, quotable film. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was I was hollering all through it. I probably probably annoyed no, everyone around, but I was no, I, I couldn't it. control myself. Mm. Usually, I'm I'm not a fan of people talking or laughing or you know breathing <laughs> through films, but I was cool with it. So, yeah. so uh, I've got some uh, IMDb trivia bits Ooh. if we want to uh, have a look at them. Trivia of doom. Um, let's have a looky loo. Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Do do do. Um, in the final musical scene, a store in the background is called Micklewhite. Uh, Michael Caine's actual name is Morris Micklewhite. Uh, and a lot of the shops in this film were named after uh, either characters, other Muppets, or some of the actors. So, I'm glad um, it wasn't Michael Micklewhite. Yeah. Because that would have just been confusing. My name is Michael Micklewhite. Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> they meant to blow the bloody vowels off. And uh, yeah, there was a Statler and Waldorf shop as well. There was lots of nice touches there. Um According to Brian Henson, Gonzo and Rizzo narrate because he wanted to incorporate the narration and prose of the original novel. Um, so he wanted to keep a lot of that language. And the language is great. And Gonzo is surprisingly quite good at delivering it. It's, mm. it, it works in, in his uh, ever so slightly odd spaceman kind of voice. <laughs> um, but, it, but it flows really nicely. Um, 
before the production began, Michael Caine uh, told Brian Henson, um, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I will never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. I am going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. Uh, and Henson was like, yes, <laughs> yes, that is yeah. what you have to do. And I think for this, it worked really well. I think I think it's it with a Muppet film, it's really important you get the non-Muppet actor right. Yes. Um, yes. Tim Curry in uh, Muppet yes. Treasure Island is an example of getting it spot on as a well. A film yes. I have actually seen. Yeah. Really? Mm. I was 16. Oh. <gasps> Wow. And you were exposed to Tim Curry's big blue wet thing. (laughs) Look, I've got to admit, I don't really remember that night very well. (laughs) Probably for the best. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we, um, I think it's very important they do that. And Michael Caine, he just does a great job. I mean, we we all know, you know, Sir Michael Caine, pretty good at acting, but. I've got to admit, he looked very uncomfortable in the final song, being happy. Uh, I noticed that as well. Yeah. It yeah. was like, he was like looking around, kind of like looking down at the puppets going, really? Really? Okay. Big smile. Could have been the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yes, I could have been Hamlet. Mm. The ghost of Hamlet. <laughs> uh, with this being the first major Muppet project after Jim Henson's death, obviously the role of Kermit was now played by uh, Steve Whitmer, which we mentioned before. Um, he was really, really nervous, obviously, about taking over the iconic Muppet character. Um, the night before he recorded Kermit's songs for the movie, he says that he had a dream where he met Jim Henson in a hotel lobby and had a conversation about how unsure he was. And Dream Henson told him uh, that it would be fine. And after having that dream, he felt okay to do the part. Now, I, I obviously, I, I have no control over whether or not the dream sphere is, is a real place or not. But I just, I just think it's a really nice, touching thing where, you know, he essentially dreamt Jim, Hen- Jim Henson came down and was like, no, it's fine, man. He dreamt it in a place of transition as well. Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting deep mm. here. Also, I'm now going to exclusively refer to him as Dream Henson. Dream Henson. That's yes. kind of appropriate. Mm. Uh, in an interview, Kermit the Frog stated that the most important piece of acting advice he ever got was from Michael Caine on this film. Uh, that advice was never blink. And I've never it's seen really I've never seen him blink. So really you know, he's... now we're going to have to watch it again. <laughs> also, I like that. Just for a split second after you said that, I was, my mind very quickly scanned through my Kermit memories. Despite the fact that I I am aware of his construction and I'm aware that he does not have eyelids. Mm. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, there I went. Originally, the three ghosts that were going to visit Scrooge were going to be played by uh, existing Muppets. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas ah. Past was going to be uh, Miss Piggy. Um, yeah. The Ghost of Christmas Present was going to be Scooter. <laughs> and the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Be was going to be Gonzo, but with his nose sticking out of the hood. <laughs> uh, that last one is the only one that I would agree with. Scooter as yeah. Christmas Present. I know. Get off. I think creating original yeah. versions of the It's a gift we don't want to be given. Indeed. I think... Um, I see what you did there. Mm. Yeah, I think the that presence was, of mind. <laughs> that was probably the correct choice. We better wrap this up. Um, now, Dan, for <laughs> now, Dan, down to... <laughs> for your um, for your musical delectation, if you go out and purchase the uh, soundtrack to the Muppets Christmas Carol, there are two additional songs mm-hmm. which aren't in the film because they decided not to put them in the film, but they still recorded the songs. Uh, there is a song called "Room in Your Heart" sung by Doctor Honeydew and uh, Beaker. Um, me, me, me. Yes, yeah. uh, as the charity workers. Oh, and do you they're... think that's how Beaker would tune up his voice? Mm. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, 
Yeah, isn't it the pool noodle? This. It's the pool noodle. Yes. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah. Be- Beaker is the pool noodle. Okay. Cool. Um. And the other song uh, was Chairman of the Board, which was going to be sung by Sam the Eagle. Uh, right. But yes, they're both in the original soundtrack, if you want to go have a listen to I that. I do. Only mm. eight ninety nine. Mm. A bargain. Um, Jacob and Robert Marley. Obviously, there's only one original Marley in the text, so they named the second Marley Robert, obviously, because Bob Marley. That's also the reason why they have the whaling cash boxes, because of Bob Marley and the whalers. It's, see, I'm a huge fan of both Muppets and Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've read Christmas Carol, and I and I just thought, oh yeah, Robert, that's a name. Uh, they needed two of them for those characters. Mm. Why not? And I gave it no extra thought. I missed out on levels. That's okay. You've got them now. I, I do. <laughs> Thank you. In the crowd scenes, you may remember at the end, um, there is um, the lobster yes. hanging out of the window. <laughs> In one of the previous crowd scenes, those lobsters are hanging out of the basement window. It's a reference to yes, they a Charles Dickens line, which is like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. So they put in a, like a visual pun based on oh, one of these obscure Dickens They really Dickens sell it. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Um, that's that's stupendously impressive. So mm. many of those things. Mm. Like I'm proud of them for all of the details yeah. that, that we're bringing up here. Mm. And finally, there's a couple of actors that they were considering uh, instead of Michael Caine. Obviously, <laughs> Michael yeah. Caine got the part. Um, the two in particular that stand out are um, George Carlin. <gasps> who could have played Scrooge? Yeah, he could have. He could have done it quite well. Oh, like I was prepared to poopah any name that you mentioned, <laughs> mm. but Carl and I will not poopah. Okay. The other one, uh, which I think stood out, was Peter O'Toole. Huh. I will poopah it, but <laughs> only after a little bit of thought. So, Sarah. Yes. Ultimately, did you enjoy this film? I had fun. You had fun. It was entertaining. Mm. Like, have I told my, my Muppets terror? story i don't think at so any point let's let's hear it now okay so this is my this is my coming of age story this is my <laughs> this is my childhood terror this is why i'm terrified of the muppets so when i was seven i went to disney world as you do um and you know we'd been wandering around disney world for a while and we decided to go to muppets 3d because you know we were kids and muppets 3d was playing so that's what we did so we go in Within a few minutes, we have the Swedish chef doing his thing, getting strangled in 3D by the pasta or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and then, like, people being strangled and hit over the head in 3D right in front of my face. So, of course, I started screaming and yelling and getting terrified. So I was dragged out of the theater by my very frazzled-looking mother. And she said, okay, okay, what can we do to fix this? And across the street was the Star Wars X-Wing experience. (gasps) So we go across the street to the Star Wars X-Wing experience. And I calm down. And they're like, okay, so what else can we do? And we look across the way. And there is the Indiana Jones ride. The one where there's live flame and you're chased by the big rolling ball. And mum's like, oh no, you were scared by the Muppets. That'd be too scary. And I said, I am getting on that ride. It was the best thing I've ever done. So, you so know. ultimately, from that experience, you took that uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they're fine. Muppets, though, well, specifically Swedish Chef. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm, terrifying. Is it the human hands? Yes. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. And like, just it just makes no sense. And, and the noises, it's the noises. Mm. It's the weird noises. Actually, you know what? The human hands thing, I can understand. I, I was exposed. I, 
I'm going to say this, but I'm regretting my word choice already. I was exposed to Swedish Chef early uh, in my development, um, before I was fully developed even, uh, and it did me good. Uh, sure. But um, Ardman, the Wallace and Gromit people, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of them as well. Their angry kid, who is, um, you know, the kid with big red hair. I'm using my hands to describe this, even though it's a podcast. Mm, uh, and and he good. has human hands as well. And that terrifies me. Okay, so yeah, I can Wallace and Gromit terrifies that. me. Again. What? The all of them? Of, yeah, all of them. This is like, so, again, a we- the weird noise thing, the soundscape never really got me. It's just the, the weird movement. Yeah. As a kid, terrified me. I, uh, this is a talk for later, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel, watching this film again, it's it's just an absolute joy. Um, mm. How many more times do you think you'll watch it this holiday season? What, this season? Yeah. Um... Oh, at at very least, like two or three, at the very least. You call yourself a fan. I am. I'm not a knowledgeable one, but, uh, <laughs> but I am. Um, yeah, as many times as I can. That and Jingle All The Way, just to the max. Which would you prefer if you had to pick one? Jingle oh, All The Way. Muppet's Christmas Carol. Good choice. I mean, I, I do love Arnie hmm. Um, hmm. and Turbo Man, but the Muppets. Yeah. Come on. Uh, what if they did Muppet Jingle All The Way? <gasps> So it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of Muppets. So Arnold's still playing Arnold? Arnold's obviously good, he's good, he's the right, human that plays cool, the okay. the human character. I'd give it a go. Yeah. I'd give it a red hot go. Mm. All right. Well, let's score the film. Uh we'll start with you. Um we'll start with you, Sarah, because this was your first time watching it. What mm. score would you give the Muppets Christmas Carol out of ten? Ah, uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I was coming in with very low expectations because of my terror. Um, and horror of everything puppet related. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did, you know, blow my mind and expectations out of the water. So I'm going to give it hmm, eight swirling vortexes of doom! Yay! <laughs> uh, Daniel, what score would you give it out of 10? Oh, I am, I'm well pleased to hear that, Sarah. Um, You're welcome. Uh, I... <sighs> I was going to give it this anyway, but after seeing it on the big screen and hearing some of this new information, it, it makes me feel really fine about it. I'm giving it 10 out of 10 provocatively dressed chickens. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I've stated previously it's my favourite Christmas film. I've also stated that these scores don't generally matter. They're a personal reflection. Um, uh, you know, it, it's more just a bit of fun. You can't really put numerical value on something artistic. Um, <laughs> but having said all that, this this is the best Christmas film ever made, in in my opinion, and so. <laughs> it 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 is getting a uh, a, a flaming hot ten uh, Rizzo's dancing on a goose uh, out of ten. <laughs> um, it's it's wonderful. I still don't know how they did some of the puppetry stuff, like with the the rat on the brooms uh, sweeping things up. Green um, screen, probably a green screen, yeah. But but still, I, I remember as a child watching it and going. But how have they done that? Because this is what I sound like as a child. But how have they done that? Were you, were you Tiny Tim? <laughs> I was. I was there. God bless us, everyone. Can we watch the Muppets Christmas Carol again on VHS? Oh, Stephen, we can't do it again. We've got to sell our VHS. Oh, mm. Papa, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, so uh, Daniel and Sarah, thank you very much for watching the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, thank you for letting me see it on the big screen. Look, I still hate you, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> and uh, for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for uh, downloading this first of two, that's right, two uh, Christmas-themed episodes. Um, the following episode, which uh, is Love Actually, <gasps> uh, will be coming out uh, next week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, where can I be tuned for that? I I'm assuming you're asking. Well, if you go to iTunes or SoundCloud or pretty much any podcasting or podcatching service, you can find us by just searching for The Cinema Catch-Up Club. We're also available on Facebook for you to uh, like us and leave comments and suggestions for films that we should be doing in uh, 2018. Just search for The Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. Uh, We are also on Patreon if you want to uh, become one of our Patreon patrons and uh, help us build a wonderful filmic community. uh, You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. That's forward slash ccuc podcast. And as always, for more additional information, just go to thoughtjarproductions.com. But that's all for this week. So until next time... Come in and know me better, man! I was going to make the same joke! (laughs) You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Something that we've done on this show occasionally, uh, most recently with The Graduate, we try and recast films with Muppets. We don't have to do it for Christmas Carol because we've already got it. But which Muppet would play Spock? If you were doing like an original series Star Trek, who would you have as Mr. Spock? Steven, you can't just drop that question on me. That's... I've got to give that thought. Um, Okay, look. (laughs) Sam Eagle could do a a passable Spock, Mm. methinks. Um, I would adore um, seeing, um, uh, oh, oh, you might have to help me out with this one, Stephen. I, I can't remember the, the name, the, the saxophonist in um, the, the band, um, the, uh, oh, I can't even remember the band name now and this is driving me nuts. Um, oh, well, Dr. Dr. Teeth. That's the one, yes. Dr. Teeth and the Do- electric... Boogaloo. Yes, that's Sounds exactly terrifying. It. I'm um, scared. I'm Actually, afraid, that does sound terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid I can't remember the names of all the band members. Okay. Uh, we don't have Tegan Mulvaney within shouting distance, Indeed. otherwise we'd be covered. Or Michael DeGrasse. Yes. Uh, but but the, the saxophonist who wears the dark glasses and mm. he's, he's, a, he's a blue-faced Muppet, mm. I think he could do a, a very cool Spock. I... For some reason, my first instinct, aside from Sam the Eagle, which I agree, um, was, was Gonzo. Ooh. See, I, I could see him doing a great Bones McCoy. Yes, that was the other thing. Though, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Okay, that, that's not a good Gonzo and not a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> but where'd he Gonzo? Hmm? No. Sarah, Sarah you don't understand gotcha. the Muppets. Gotcha. So we'll, we'll explain it. No, that's, that's, okay. um, no that's, that's acceptable. Would yeah. Kermit be uh, Kirk, though? Oh. James T. Kermit, yeah. would that be what's happening? Mm, James T. He's too nice. He is, Kirk, he is. Like so who's, who's Kirk, butthole. then? Would it be, um, would it Fozzie. be Fozzie? Fozzie? Yeah. I reckon Fozzie no, is Fozzie Kirk. can't be Kirk. Why not? Because um, he just, he doesn't fit. I fight the Gorn, waka waka. Yeah. That was a terrible Fozzie. Yeah. Khan! <laughs> <laughs> what have I got myself into? Uh, sorry. Yes, Producer Alan? <laughs> Producer Alan in does the that, Does that make Miss Piggy Uhura? Well, yes. Miss, Miss Piggy would be Uhura. That's a really good point. Um, yes. Miss Piggy. Mm. 
Captain, Captain, the communications desk has a message coming through. And then, and then when she does all the kung fu stuff, she can go do that. Yeah, you know all that stuff. So beautiful. Well, then there would actually be pigs in space. Someone help me, please, please. Sulu, Sulu would be Rizzo. Yes. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> oh, would it be Pepe? Oh, I'm setting course for Rigel Seven. Sure, Captain. What about Pepe Lepron? As oh. Sulu. Oh, actually, okay, yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, that would work quite nicely. I could see Pepe Lepron shirtless with a katana running around. I'd rather show. not. <laughs> oh dear. Has Swedish Chef done a bunch of Christmas albums? Yeah. Oh, he totally could. We won't do it now. I, I would love to, to um, uh, hear him do a version, no, no, won't do it, of the, um, you know, ding dong, the jingle, the uh, the bell, the carol of the bells. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be... Oh, it was very tempting, but I won't do it. For me, it would be Good King Wenslessless. Oh, which one is... Ah, yes, yes. Hey, Fat Sarah, can you just cover your ears? Yeah, just do it. Just okay. Go. Good King Wenceslas McBain. This is actual hell. 